Welcome to the Houdini RC Heli podcast. This is chapter seven. Today's date is 6-7-2020. With us today is Kenny and Brent, and I am your host, Richard. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. How's it going? Appreciate you guys coming back. All right, guys. Today on the show topic, we're going to go over what everybody's been doing for the week and how their families have been, and then hit on what we've been doing in the hobby. On the main topic for today, we are going to be hitting night flying, setting up for night flying. So should should be interesting. It's going to be a hard topic to cover audio audibly, but we should be able to get that taken care of. I'll go first with uh, what's been going on with me and work and stuff. I don't know, just been kind of in a lull, kind of a down lately. I went and flew this morning, but I was kind of needed just to get out of the house, not get out of the house and go to work type of deal. But other than that, everything's been going decent. How about you, Brent? Things have been going pretty well. Uh, my daughter joined a uh, softball team, so we've been going to practices a couple times a week. Gives us something to do. It's still hot here, so it's hard to get out in the afternoons and things for flying-wise. So I haven't flown in a few weeks. Today I was going to fly, but woke up with a bad migraine headache, and so I didn't get out like I wanted to. Ugh. But that's not good. hopefully next week. Yeah, yeah. They don't happen very often. So I was kind of surprised. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. And Kenny, work's been good for you? Oh, yeah. Of course, last week was the beginning of the month. And so it all's quiet. Usually at the beginning of the month where, where I'm at. Otherwise, family's healthy. Still getting out and flying every weekend, just about. Or I typically at night I will work on a model almost every single night, so that's kind of my pattern. But make Kenny feel good working yes. on helis. Make me feel good. That's of course, cool. yesterday I got out and flew all day and had a good time. Hot. It was hot. So I'll go first for what I've been doing in the hobby. So that was that. Uh, worked on the Nova 450, got some parts in, got that rebuilt actually last night. Went and flew it today. It flew okay. It's not perfect, but um, eh. the had a, the tail slider kind of screw backed out again on the L yoke to the tail slider, and I felt it in the air they started getting waggy on the tails landed it it's on the bench i need to put a locking uh nut on the top of it just to keep it from happening again it flew okay it's definitely going to be an orientation learning helicopter i don't i i need to stop beating on the helicopter like it's a oxy or something like that i need to just use it for orientation and flowy type maneuvers um i'll get better at it but definitely i mean it's worth the money because of the flight controller and so forth and so on and it's fun to work on stuff but yeah it is what it is so why that one for orientation because i'm breaking it in flight <laughs> I, <laughs> actually the the last crash was the tail push rod came undone from the from the ball link so I cut in a line 450 
coupler and use that. So that shouldn't happen again, but I'm trying not to slowly upgrade it every time I have a problem, but I'm just trying, I just think it's would be better to just use it for orientation practice. Well, make sure you have it ready for next weekend under the spotlights. Yeah. We'll, we'll, keeps we'll check the orientation out on it. This guy keeps pushing. <laughs> so the other thing I went and flew today was the A5. I don't know. It kind of flew like poo. I didn't have much collective. I actually need to put it on the bench and see what pitch I have in it. I didn't have the positive and negative pitch didn't seem like it was there and the head speed seemed like it wasn't there. So maybe I just need to do a throttle cal on the ESC, but it didn't fly that good. I also, it is heavier because I have a heavier ESC and larger servos. We'll see. It needs some tweaking. I didn't feel like doing it out the field. So Richard, will that, will that one run on 12 S? It, it could. I think it would be a heavy 550 on 12S and I'd have to swap the motor and it'd be too much work. Or it could be a ball. True. It could be. I think there's enough room. Yeah. There's plenty of, plenty of room for 12S and the actual tray of the A7 will fit in the same model. So if I needed to put a longer tray in it, you could put the A7 tray down into the model if you needed. And I could stretch it to a 600 if I really wanted to. I just would need the uh, a boom and a longer belt maybe or something. Anyway. Is there a stretch kit available for that? No, there's no stretch kit. Uh, there are some guys that did some stretch kit stuff on the Agile 5.5. But okay. uh, you just have to locate a belt, get the belt length. That would be the hardest part is getting the correct belt length and belt tooth. How close is the Agile 5.5 to the A5? Uh, it's quite a bit different. Uh, there's some spacing on the main shaft is different as far as vertically where it mounts up to the crown gear stuff. So it, it would be difficult to transplant the two together. I've, I've thought about that and looked at that a couple times, but I think it's, I think it's just not worth it. I did get the boom in for the 5.5. So that is put back together. So the 5.5 is a clean airframe ready to go. If I need, if I need to switch stuff over and drop stuff in it, it is built and clean and ready to go. So that was cool. So what are you planning on flying next weekend? This guy keeps pushing all the podcast. <laughs> I'm never going to get out of this one. So the agile 7.2 I ordered that was crashed. I ordered a 7.2 Agile that came in. I got a pretty good deal on it. I got servos and a motor. The airframe pretty much is free because of what I paid for it with the servos and motor. It's going to be a job. There's a lot of work to be done. Um, a lot of bearings need changed. All the parts are there pretty much. Um, I ordered a boom and torque tube and crash kit which pretty much are out of stock everywhere. So it's going to be a job to get it rebuilt and put back together. But that machine compared to the a seven, they're close, but they're really different machines. The boom 
diameter is way larger on the 7.2 and the torque tube drive system I think is a little different. I don't know exactly because I don't have the boomer torque tube, but as far as the parts I'm looking at and the spreadsheets I'm looking at for the build manual, it's quite a bit different, but the head, the tail slider, the tail grips, all of that is the same. Cool. Um, that's about all I had about all I've been doing. I need to get the 516 out and fly it. Um, do want to put a stretch on it? I should have I should have taken it today to fly just because I think it would have flown a lot better than the A5, but yeah, it is what it is. I can only fit so much in my car. Where'd you go fly today? Uh, I got up this morning and just needed to get out of the house. So I got in the car and Drove to Georgetown, which is probably about an hour away from me. 45 minutes to an hour if there's no traffic. But then flew up there with two friends of ours. There were some plankers there. It was fun. It was hot. I mean, even the A7 that I flew today, everything came down hot. The motor was hot. The ESE was hot. Flew the Oxy 3. Oxy 3 came down hot. It's only June. It, this this may be a extremely hot summer. What we're looking at now. Yeah, I was looking at the yesterday's weather. It was pushing a hundred degrees, ninety eight, ninety nine degrees, yeah. and then this next week, or this week, Tuesday, uh, and I don't know if the forecast has changed or not. But the original forecast for Tuesday was a hundred and six degrees. Brent's like, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you, guys that's, yeah. you guys are complaining. <laughs> I know it's supposed to be 105 to 107 at the end of the next week, I think. But yeah, it's typically in the low hundreds here right now. The hottest I've flown in, I think it was 114 degrees. No, no, um, thank you. <laughs> we do it. I mean, it's, I'm going to fly. So we may fly in the mornings and those times when it gets that hot, you know, it's, just have to be prepared for that weather or that heat. I remember one year in September, it hit that one, 114, 113. And I was out on Lake Austin on, on a boat and it felt like you're sitting inside of a dryer is what it felt like. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like the, 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 like we're driving and the boats, you know, doing 30, 40 miles an hour. And it's like, Oh my God, this is like being inside of an oven with the air blowing on me. You know, and I don't know what's hotter is if you go to a field that's got an asphalt runway, uh, but you're standing in an area that's, that's grass, you know, the asphalt's going to reflect some of that heat back towards you. Is that hot or is a field, an airstrip that has Petromat on the runway, Petromite's on the taxiway, Petromite on the area that you stand on. Uh, it just seems like the Petromite is hotter because all that black is just reflecting that heat straight up. Both. <laughs> yeah. Both. Yeah, it's just hot. I think. Yeah, both. it's hot. Yesterday was hot. Yeah. So that's about all I've been doing, getting up to. I don't really have anything on the docket. Just going to slowly try to work on this. Agile 7.2 it's gonna be a long-term project. Hopefully, hopefully by July, 
I get it done, but we'll see. I'm waiting on parts to come from Europe and China and everywhere else. Did you see anybody put one in today? No, I did not see a crash today. That happened after I left. So, yeah. So a guy crashed a T-Rex 600. Yeah. A line 600. Uh, supposedly a link came off and blade flopped and lost all pitch. So yeah, it happens. I did. And then, and then there was the argument afterwards to follow. Yeah. Some plankers got mad because the Petromat got damaged and yeah, it's not like there's 700 other patches out there. They're just trying to find a reason to complain. Yep. Sounds like my club. (laughs) There really, there really wasn't that many people out there. There was only maybe four or five, six plankers. And from what I've seen, they seemed okay, but all it takes is one thing, open up the door and then jump, jump in, running, screaming and hollering. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I did send a message to Magnus this afternoon, asked him if he's uh, passed all his exams, see if he can get back on eventually, probably in two weeks, he should be available. May have to switch the timing a little bit because he's, I think, eight hours behind us, even though he's young. I will try to get him on here again eventually soon. See what he's buying and selling and what he's up to. What have you been up to, Brent? Um, Not a whole lot this week besides for buying. Um, after our show last week, I went and uh, looked more at the Soxo Strike 7. Uh, after we got done talking about the new belt upgrade and it's a heli I've been wanting for a while kind of went to the background after I got into the Gawi stuff. And so I went to go back and look at it again and really like it. So I ended up ordering a kit along with the, um, the upgrade, the tail upgrade. So the kit should be here next week, probably early next week. It, Looks like it's in Phoenix area right now, so it should be maybe even tomorrow or yeah, Tuesday. Probably tomorrow. Yeah, so I'm excited to get the kit. Um, the the upgrade is back ordered. At, by the time I ordered it, the all the upgrades were already sold out. So um, I'm gonna have to wait another week or two for that, but that's all right because I'm gonna be building anyway. So I'll just yeah. wait once I get to the if I do get to the le- the tail section, then I'll just wait. But, um, so I need a, a motor and a, uh, set of blades, 700 blades. So I'm on the lookout for some, some of that stuff. Yeah. Blades have always tried to always on the hunt on blades. I've, if people post blades like 700 blades for 75 bucks or 70 bucks, I normally try to swing those pretty quick. I try to jump on those. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping is to see something like that. Um, we'll see if that happens, but I'm not in a huge hurry. Like I said, you know, I still have to build it and, and everything. So, but I'm excited for that. And so I want you guys to keep an eye out on our uh, Facebook page. I'm going to do some, uh, videos, some write-ups, pictures of the build and and things like that. And kind of, eventually I want to do a review on the podcast. So, cause it's a, it's not a, as much of a well-known heli in the u.s as it is in europe so it's definitely a little a little different 
Yeah, yeah, and I have I know I know a lot of people probably haven't seen one before. So like at uh, fun flies and things. So I want to kind of give an idea to people who might be interested like I was in it and uh, do a little build videos and, and that kind of stuff. So keep an eye out on our Facebook page for those. I'll be posting those Sweet. up starting next week. I'm sure I'm going to get the build started right away. So yeah. Keep, That'd be awesome. Yep. So keep on our Facebook. I'll be updating that frequently. Actually, so one. who's who, who's the pilots that fly the Soxos? I in I think it's Raquel. I don't want to butcher her last name. <laughs> I was just waiting <laughs> for you to butcher it up. Be Beloy. I don't I don't know how to say it correctly, but she's the main one I I watch. Uh, you know, from overseas. But I was talking to Danny Melnick, the um, one of the owners of. Aeropanda. Aeropanda, thank you. And I was talking to him on the phone, and he's running one too. So um, I haven't seen too many people in the United States running one, but I know they're around, just haven't seen them. Yeah, I took a look at their 550 the other night. It's not cheap. No, no, it's not. It is a very different helicopter. Uh, the 550 has a little compartment up front to like, put batteries or battery backup guards or so forth and so on. It's very, very odd. It's got a little like latch. You can close up and put little knickknacks in and go fly them around. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. I'll have to look at that. Yeah. Cause I still have that, uh, that motor that would work probably a 600 or 550 stretch. So I may use that for something eventually. Yeah, the helis look awesome. I, I completely like the way the helicopters look. Yeah. I think they're clean and sexy. Yeah, they're really good looking. So I'm I'm excited to see it in real life because pictures really don't do things justice, you know, a lot of times. So I'm really now excited we, to see it. We got a really, really good look at them firsthand. And uh, they're a good looking model. They fly well. Uh, that that uh, tail upgrade kit's going to help out a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, well, that's what I've heard. And I was talking to Danny too about it, and he said it's going to make a big difference. Yes, especially for the head speed I like. So it gets up to what four point seven? No, four point three. Four point three. That's close enough. That should be fine. <laughs> That'll work for me for my style of flying. So I don't know. I can't remember anything. <laughs> well, Soxos has got the Strike Seven. That's the newest one, and then the one, the model it replaced, I think, was the DB Seven. Yeah, that was the Bo Duncan Bosnian version. Yes. Or he, I don't know if he uh, created it or if he had some type of hand in designing it, but. I would say that he probably had a hand in designing it, but I don't know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. I I met him and his brother once. They used to be on the Curtis Youngblood team. Oh, nice. Um, and I remember we were standing underneath the Curtis's tent and the Bassion brothers. We were standing underneath the tent and I think it was Duncan that he was needing something and I was, he was needing a set of blades 
and Curtis was out of blades and I grabbed a bait, uh, one of my blade bags, Curtis blade bags. And I pulled out a set of blades and, and he put them on and he went out and did a demo him and his brother actually, they used to fly together and they used to do some really, really neat, like a clock. And you could see these models kind of turning in a globe, but it, look like a clock as they were spinning the fantastic pilots and there's actually a video on run rider that i was the narrator for duncan bassion what um, nice i'm serious you wait all this time you've been going over <laughs> videos every week and you just now tell me you're yeah a superstar. well i didn't uh, i didn't know i'm not a superstar uh there was some videos that Oh, run rider, Mark, Mark Ryder. He, he was, he was going to do some videos of the team, uh, flying individually. And mm -hmm. he looks over at Curtis and hands Curtis a mic and Curtis said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and Curtis looked over at me and he said, give it to Kenny. He's the spokesman for, for Curtis Youngblood. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it wasn't your flying skills. It wasn't my flying skills because there was no <laughs> video of me. <laughs> but there is a series of videos out on Run Rider, uh, and that was probably 2010, 2011, 2012, something like that, that uh, I was doing the narrating for the team. It was neat. I'll have to see if I can pull some narration for the uh, outtakes for this week because I'm going to take a little bit more time and actually put some in there. That will be good. <laughs> I'll steal yeah. a little audio from 2010 from Kenny. <laughs> but yeah, that's about all I've done this week. Um, it's, it's, it's exciting, but it's, uh, you know, not much. <laughs> Didn't do any flying or anything like that, but still yeah. excited. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Um, I definitely want to see what the frames are like if they're, if the corners are sanded or so forth and so on. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely uh, get some close-ups with that, and that'll be part of my videos that I do. So how how do you normally send your frame sprint? Um, it's been a while since I've built a brand-new helicopter. Uh, I use just some type of sandpaper I thought I did last time. So I used to do that in um, the RC Today show. What's his name? Uh, Chris. RC Today show Chris used to say that you always wear a face mask because the carbon's really bad. And mm -hmm. I've got probably more than, more than what I need of painting cars and my lungs and everything else. So I normally didn't really care, but now that I'm getting old, mm -hmm. I actually get some, some wet sandpaper and actually do it in the sink and you don't have any of that dust. Oh, okay. Good to so, know. So get some, some 220, wet sandpaper and put it in the sink and just do the edges like that. And actually it turns out really, really good. So. All right. Good tip. Thank you. So if they are normally, normally most of the helicopters I buy are all just burred up and I have to sand them all. So mm -hmm. We'll see what yours turns out like. Yep. Yep. I'll let you know. So that's all you got. We're going to Kenny and see 
he's been doing anything. Yeah, there's uh, back to that sanding. Um, there's a tool that I have, and I don't remember what the name of it is. It's uh, I have to go back and look at this. I will find it and I will post it on there. Uh, so that way, if you want to post it on the website, you can. But this tool's got a like a, a hook, and it's it's got a point. It comes together on one side of it. And you can use that for scraping edges, for hmm. knocking down an edge or knocking down a burr. And that's what I use whenever I'm doing frames. I take that and I run it down the sharp side of it and it'll, it'll knock that down a little bit. It's easy to use. It swivels inside the handle. I didn't even think about that. I probably shouldn't have said anything because I don't have the, the name of the tool, but I will yeah, we'll, find it. We'll get it and have it on next week. We'll get it out for you guys. It's, I've never heard of that ever. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. More stuff you've been hiding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually bought that one from Snap-on. It's used in the body world. But I'll find it and get the name of it. It's probably not cheap. <laughs> uh, there, No, there's nothing cheap about that. If it says Snap-on on it, it's expensive. <laughs> it's exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, well, I'll, just, I'll keep using my sandpaper. Yeah, yeah. Unless I yeah. can steal it from Kenny. I have a scan tool that I bought, and that scan tool, with updates and everything else, I've got close to five grand in it. And uh, I need to use that scan tool. Did I, that I didn't mention that. <laughs> That's one of those snap-on things. Somebody asked me if they could borrow it the other day. I don't need I to borrow it. I just need you to clear my air airbag alarm since I changed the clock spring out on my car. Well, I can do it. It's a chassis code, so you have to have a scan tool, not a code reader. Yeah, I've got a scan tool. It's an actual chassis alarm, so that's cool. I'll get with you on that. Piece of cake. That's I've already changed the clock spring. That was the hard part. Now I just need to clear the damn code. All right, so what have I been up to? So last week I talked about the problem that I had on the E5. Turns out it was real simple. The uh, BEC wire coming off of the ESC, I just had it misplaced. And so it, the, the ground wire was actually on the hot. It, I, when you look at the Bavarian Demon Axon, uh, where I had the BEC hooked up, there was, instead of three pins for the radio connector there was four because the governor was there and so it's like i moved the signal wire to the governor side of the pin on the governor and so it was just one row up that's all it was so that was an easy fix it's just i had to kind of peel some of the layers of wires back to where i could see it easily so the synergy five i did maiden it yesterday and there was had to make a couple small changes, uh, do some tracking, very little tracking. I, I moved the link one turn and tracking was, was perfect. It flew great. It's a little noisier than what I'm used to. Uh, there's some motor noise there. Readjusted the pinion, there's still a little bit of motor noise. And I'm running a 4030 560 KV. The spec was a 4035 560. So when you say motor noise, is it like gear train noise or is it like gain PWM no, I, noise? I don't think it's a 
I don't I don't believe it is a a gear train. I did reset the the pinion to spur gear. I reset that gap and and I really couldn't tell any difference. That's a slant, right? Yes. Mod like mod one, right? Close to that. Yes. But the the model flew really, really good. Of course, all of this is to get it ready for for this coming Saturday for night flying because I'm going to take that model and I'm going to strap some some uh, rail 606 night blades on it, do some night flying on Saturday night. That's what I'm trying to gouge somebody in the side over there to make <laughs> sure he takes some time off to come and join in the fun. Richard. Who's that? <laughs> oh, the podcast is on. Okay, I'm sorry. I got confused. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, the E5 Maiden went well. Uh, got a few flights on it. I did order a new uh, stick pack, 12S, an HRB 12S 3300 for it. I do like those stick packs. I've been running HRBs for a while now, and they seem to be working very well. So I've got that ordered, and now it's time to start setting up the model and and get it ready for, for night gear, LEDs, and decide what I'm going to do on the boom and a couple of other things. Uh, but I have started on that. I have a question, Kenny. Yes. On that HRB stick pack, did they come like the other ones where the balance leads are flip-flopped on each side? Well, my my five thousands do. This thirty three hundred, I can't tell you. I was kind of curious about that myself. So, can you hit on that a little bit? Just, I mean, there's something that people need to know. I mean, since we've obviously figured it out. Well, all it is is. Um, it's hard to explain. I understand. It is hard to explain. The on the on the leads coming out they have you would think that the that the balance lead coming out on the primary side of one side if they're both sitting there together that that would be a a matching set let me know then, if this makes sense brent yeah and then same on the other side so on one side of the battery you have a positive and a negative mm -hmm. and then you have a balance lead coming out of that side and on the other side of the stick pack, you have a positive and negative and a balance lead coming out on that side. Mm -hmm. The problem is that they've rotated the packs 180. Oh, interesting. So the balance lead that's actually coming out with a positive and negative mm -hmm. is for the other battery. Correct. Oh. So, wow. you so you have to – I actually take mine. I, I rotated the balance leads and I zip tie them together. So now they're coming out with the correct positive and negative. And you'll notice it right off the bat. If you're charging, like I, I took a battery and as soon as I got it in, I checked the balance. I was like, okay, the battery looks good. All the voltage is good. So I start plugging the balance lead, start charging it and it's charging and it's charging and it's charging. And I'm, you know, I'm not really monitoring it. And I look over there. I'm like, all of a sudden, like I'm at like 4.25, 4.3 volts a cell. I'm like, yes. What the hell is going on? Because the balance leads are rotated. 
So it's it's something if you mm. buy an HRB stick stick pack, what would be the best way to check that, Kenny? Could you ohm out the ground from the balance lead and the ground from the positive and negative? Well, that's what we did. We just used the voltmeter, but uh, that's what we did. We went from the ground, is it the ground to the positive lead? It's probably the the ground of the balance lead to the ground of the actual positive negative out should show a short. It should show zero ohms. If it's an open, then it's the wrong balance lead. It's just something for you guys out there to check. Please be careful with these HRB stick stick packs. They're great stick packs. Their batteries are good. No issues with them. Just be careful on the balance leads because the way they rotate the stick pack and run the wires out. Well, if it does, if it's not right, you'll see it almost. <laughs> one of the ways that you can that that you'll know for sure. Just try just charge one at a time and plug the balance lead in and and plug the the main pack. And and charge it, and if you if you get back a register of cells, then you know that you've got the right group together. Yeah, I may have been doing both of mine at the same time. I'm not sure. Well, that's what I did. It's I just, just something think to be if on. without any tools, and you're at and you're at the field, and you're not sure, you can just do them one at a time, and then see what happens. You're not going to hurt it. No, I completely agree. It's just something to make a note of to be careful on. It it definitely caught me off guard. It did me too. I, in fact, I called and talked to the gentleman at HRB. Wow. Um, and so what we did is we um, is we took and flipped the balance leads to the other side and then zip tied them together. So the spider battery pack I have, it actually has on the balance lead. It has like a little blue tab label. And then on the positive of that's ba that pack's battery is another blue tab. And then it has a gold tab on the, for the other one. So. Yeah. I think, I think HRB could have done a better job on marking these. Are those the graphene packs? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The hundred C. Yeah. Cause the guys who run it, uh, HRB actually are those guys I fly with over in uh, Mesa. Yeah, both of them do it. The 50C stick pack and the 100C stick pack. That's why I was wondering about this 3300 stick pack. Interesting. It's probably the same. It's just something to look out for, guys. Be careful. Batteries are explosive. And they will register 100C, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to test that out again, Kenny. No, I'm talking about using a Wayne's Guile meter. Oh, I thought you were arc welding with it again. Nope. A Wayne's Guile meter and ESR meter. It will register at 100C. Now, whether or not that's right, you know, that's debatable. How did the other packs? match up to C rating to that meter that you've tested? Whenever I've tested anything else, I've always been in that. If it's a new pack, you know, uh, anywhere from 25 to 
say 40 seed tops on a 65 or a 75 seed battery. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, it it is. It, go ahead. I was just going to say that's impressive that it actually is coming out of that meter to be a hundred C. It, it, it is. And we've talked about that and, uh, we don't necessarily believe it, but that's what it shows. Hmm. I know people have had really good luck with that pack as far as like, uh, 6S5000 packs for 550 helis. They've been holding up strong. Now, I've got one stick pack 6S5000 that that I prematurely, by accident, failed. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. So if you guys want a career in welding, contact Kenny. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that the hundred C is needed for a twelve S five thousand. Personally, I think the fifty C stick pack is just fine for us seven hundred. Now, if you're you know completely pro beating on it or something like that, maybe. But mine did get a little hot today, but I think it's fine. So anyway, moving forward, uh, <laughs> E5 will be ready for next weekend, next Saturday, Richard. And Brent, if you're not doing anything, might as well jump in the car and, and hook them. <laughs> <laughs> hook them horns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll take me a little while. <laughs> next thing I have is yesterday we were talking and – Archa does have pre-registration up. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, so that's a good good sign, I guess. Yeah, they, from what I'm to understand, you know, it looks like things are moving forward. But from what I'm to understand, if if something happens and you pre-registered, they'll they'll refund your money. Mm. But pre-registration is a hundred dollars. Of course, that doesn't surprise me. And something to be aware of is that's only good through the tw uh, the nineteenth because on June the twentieth, it's going to go up to a hundred and twenty-five. I thought Synergy Pilots it was one hundred twenty. <laughs> that was just a joke so if you guys if you guys plan on going you need to you need to go ahead and purchase your tickets so it's going to go up to 125 on what date june the 20th wow hmm. i did hear some people talking today about working on getting their trailer set up and there's going to be some guys from Texas rolling up that direction from what I, from what I hear. So are you going Richard? I don't know. I haven't talked to the, to that group of guys yet to see if I can get in on a, on a driver's seat. It's a long way to drive. It is. I was talking to Jason 
KDS pilot about that and see if he, he didn't go last year, but I know he's went every, every other year. So I don't know if he's planning on going or not, but I really want to go. I, I, I think with the work week I have, the schedule I have currently, I could take off. And normally when I come back from going to Urcha, we get back on Sunday. I take Sunday night vacation. I go back to work Monday, Tuesday. With the current work schedule I'm on, I work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So if we come back on a Sunday, I don't have to go back till Wednesday. So I'll have a lot of recovery. That's will be perfectly fine. Yes, I would do want to go. So we'll put this in the show notes, uh, the link for Urcha. Uh, but I'm going to read this, what it says from the Urcha website. It says, if the event is canceled by AMA due to the site being unavailable because of Indiana policy, a full refund will be issued. So if it gets canceled, it's not AMA canceling. It's, it's, uh, it's Indiana saying that the site is unavailable, forcing the cancellation. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I'll yeah. be there. But yeah, I definitely miss going. I' looking forward to going again. I believe I missed two years in a row now. Is that correct? It seems like it. No, it's just one year. You missed last year, and you were there the year before. And it feels like two years. You miss one, it feels like two. I even have a picture that shows that we were all there. Wow. So I did just miss one year. Yeah. I remember that. I was on that team thing. Yes, you were. So Night Blades. So uh, we'll, we'll wait on that one just a second. I thought I would share this. There's a book that Curtis Youngbud put out a long time ago. It's called Learning 3D. Uh, it's now considered a vintage book. Yeah, there's some guys looking for that. There is. And I heard about it. And I thought, uh, I've looked on, I've looked before on eBay. I've looked on Amazon. I've just just did broad searches on the internet, seeing if anybody had one. And I've never been able to find one. Really? Well, I looked again the other day and uh, I found one. Did you buy it? I did. <laughs> you know, there, I, I, we know two guys that are going to be really pissed off that you bought it because <laughs> they were actually going to go in together. Well, I found it. It was $55. Yes. It used to be $5.99. And I, I, uh, absolutely. Well, as soon I as you it. get, so we'll, I've we'll, already got it. So you need to send a text later in the group text and see, see what happens after that. That's going to be funny because <laughs> both of them were looking to buy that. So. Yeah. Nelson, uh, he sent me a text message and, 
and asked me if I if I had one of those books. I said, I no, I don't. I said I've been looking for one for a long time. That's funny. And uh, when he said that, I thought. <laughs> so I start. I just I did a quick Amazon search <laughs> and there it was that's why they were asking i said no way <laughs> that's exactly why they were asking you that's funny well at least they can see it now i mean they both of them were just wanting to look through it and see just for the nostalgia there was a guy on facebook selling a bunch of old heli magazines i don't know if you guys saw that yeah i saw that and I really wanted to buy them. I, I actually should have got a group of four or five guys together and just bought them. How much were they? I think he had three sets and they were $70 a set. But they went back to the 1980s. And they were helicopter RC magazines. Hmm. So I guess they're all gone by now. I believe he sold them. Maybe somebody listening to the podcast bought them and, you know, they can, we can start a, a book share. (laughs) (laughs) I can start shipping around shitter magazines. Awesome. So back on your E5 night machine. Uh, My next question actually reverted back to you, Richard. So let me preface this with two years no this was not two years ago this goes back several years it was a dt520 uh richard was making night blades and he made me a set of night blades for mine he had a set for his he made a set for mine uh you guys rode up here who did you ride with richard was it me? Uh, I believe that year, Sloan, me, you, and oh, what's his name? You know the other guy. Yeah, uh, anyway. So, yeah, we rode up there, Jim. Yeah, Jim. That's who it was. Yeah. We took the snail. <laughs> yes. And so... I was flying the the 520 with night blades and the when Richard made these he he put the colors on there that I wanted and my colors that I that I wanted were based off of a set of <laughs> night blades that I remembered Andy Rumor had he had night blades that had white and blue and and I don't remember the other colors but I remembered white and blue and so I wanted white on the tips blue in the middle and then of course whenever you flip it the the colors were different again so i was out there flying and there was three or four guys it was me another buddy of ours richard were you there at the same time uh is this falling into the night fly story yes so this is a really good story guys so yes i was there this is a good one so there was three or four guys that had pulled up and they were watching me fly. So this was before Urcha had light, light towers. So when Correct. they got nighttime at Urcha, if you didn't have a lit heli, you weren't flying. 
unless you were rogue in the corner. Yeah, spotlighting. spotlighting. Well, spotlighting wasn't banned at that point. True. I don't think it's ever been banned. Well, <laughs> from Urcha, it was recommended not. Frowned upon. <laughs> Frowned upon. And so we had been out there for quite a long time flying, and this was it was getting late. So anyway, I was out there flying, and and I got through, and these guys behind me said, "Man, that was great," and and uh, then they asked me where I got my blades from, and I said, "Well, that guy over there made them." Right about that same time, Matt Bodos walked up. Of course, I've known Matt for many years now he came up to me and said hey kenny how are you doing and we got to talking and and he was looking at my model it was a dt 520 uh, that's dart 10 i was flying for shannon turner shannon turner was the distributor for dt until they shut the doors not shannon dt so anyway he's sitting there looking at my model and you know we got phones or headlights or something that he's looking at it with and i looked over at matt and i said you want to fly this he goes yeah are you sure and i said absolutely man so what flight controller did you have on it then that v-bar neo no i don't think so i think it wasn't neo anyway you're right you're right it was because i had the original v control at that time so anyway, Matt took off and got a feel for the model. And then he did one of the most impressive flights I'd ever seen Matt do at nighttime. He's coming around and he's pushing that model and, and he's trying to get the tail to blow out and, he, and it wouldn't blow out. He said, man, this thing is strong. But what the, the impressive part was just the night blades that Richard had made, they were like perfect. Uh, the canopy was well lit up. In fact, I think I borrowed something from your model to put on mine canopies, the skids or something, because mine had, had broke. Yeah, I, I do remember flip-flopping something around. Yeah. Canopy or skids or something. And Matt Matt flew the pants off of that thing. And when he got done, the battery was toasty. <laughs> there was me and two other people that sat there in, in our group and watched Matt fly that that night. And it was impressive. Do you remember that was when he came out with the 766? And then we yes. were watching center stage the next day and he did the exact same flight. Yes. It was it was like we're sitting there watching it or all of a sudden we all look at each other and go, that's exactly what he did last night. <laughs> yep. It was funny. But yeah, that transitions us into setting up a night machine. I would say you have to dedicate, you have to have a little bit of dedication for this portion. You're going to spend probably, what would you say, 120 to, I would say 100 to $200 well, on a machine that you may fly three times a year. You've got, unless you can do, get somebody to make night blades for you, like you did for me, the night blades are going to cost you anywhere from 
125 up to 160 bucks uh, because you have to have the night blades you have to have the batteries you have to have the charger for box blades like the rail blades or the switch blades or curtis blades or curtis blades i don't even know if you can get those anymore i believe they do sell them on the japan website they, they yeah they might and so that's the that's a big portion and then you've got tail blades yeah you have to buy tail blades i you keep... have to have tail blades well you could do it without having tail blades it just you're going to do so much investment and time into this project go ahead and spend the money on the tail blades yeah i still have a set of prototype tail blades that curtis gave me to to fly and uh, he wanted opinion on them and so i flew him. we were at src one night or at, during an event when he gave me those and i still have those blades and just in case anybody's listening no you can't have them <laughs> <laughs> Guy's a hoarder. Should see the back of his car. I am. So, so anyway, it's important. Tail blades are important. Uh, that that completes the model. You can have the wrap on the 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 uh, canopy. You can have wrap on the boom. But if you're missing the blades, it's if you you're missing the lights on the main blades and on the tail blades, you you're you're uh, what would you call that? handicapping yourself handicap so rotor techs i know the price on these are they're all about the same as far as brands but the rotor tech 105 night blades are 64 bucks a piece and the 92s are 55 bucks a piece so you're looking at 60 ish for a set of tail blades for your night machine so Definitely roll that in for an investment. We did have, we bought a set of the Rotortech 550s. Uh, what model were we going to try those on? Uh, I originally bought them and then I don't know if you got them from me and then no. Shane ended up with them. Shane bought them from you straight up. Shane bought them. Okay. We couldn't use the Rotortech 550s because of it's not the root wasn't the problem it was the material that was behind the the mm -hmm. bolt it was too much and it hit allen head it must that, have been on the dt520 that you were trying to run those on it may have been but anyway where are we going <laughs> so night blades kenny wanted me to go over making night blades or night setup stuff I'll let Kenny go over some of the, since you've been doing some of the body stuff lately. That's fine. So canopies, with with a canopy, when you're setting up for night flying, I, I use just standard LEDs that, that's on ribbon tape. Uh, usually it's, there's an adhesive that you can pull off and it'll stick, kind of stick to the canopy a little bit. Used to, we would we glued these things down uh, or we would drill holes in the canopy and we would zip tie like one inch strips all the way around the LEDs. And the last one, I always lay the LED that, so it goes around the window. Uh, so you can kind of see the definition of the canopy. 
I typically did the center line of the canopy, just so you know you could divide the top from the bottom. Good idea. And then I would run the canopy on a 2S or a 3S, usually a 450 milliamp battery. Wanted to try to keep it small. I zip tied the, the uh, or used Velcro and then zip tied the battery right to the canopy itself. Now you don't have to do that. You can put the battery somewhere on the frame if you if there's room and then just, you know, connect the wires together. But when you So just so you guys know that's we're at another twenty another twenty bucks for a battery. And then I used the JST connectors to connect power between the two. There is one other uh Bobby Watts, he he made a what was that device? The Arduino controller. No, it's a it's I don't think he makes it anymore. Uh, in fact, I know he doesn't. It was a device where you could plug in all your lights. Yeah, that light controller. Yeah, it was a light controller. Quarter. Yeah, I have one of those actually. <laughs> Is it for sale? Nope, it's not because Kevin probably wouldn't love, want me to sell it. I borrowed it from a friend of ours up in Jersey, friend of mine um, up in Jersey. And I borrowed this probably four years ago now, three years ago. And uh, he asked me about it from time to time, but I just <laughs> tell him, you know, uh, it that I don't know what he's talking about. Anyway, it's if you you can if you have something that you can hook up through the radio system, and then you possibly have a little bit of control with the lights, or a lot of control with the lights, depending on what you want to do. Dalcon. Dalcon, yes. <laughs> so with the Dalcon, you can actually get in there and and uh, use music behind it. There was uh, some software that he had that when you when you put the software and the lights all together and and you look at the dalcon and and all these different places uh it's sending signals to which lights want to that they want to come on for uh each part of the song and so it didn't get really really technical me all i typically do is hook up the battery and turn the lights on I've done that part where the, the lights turn off and I can flip a switch and I can run a sequence of different effects on the canopy or on the tail boom. But the problem with that is, is for me, is I have to have that visual perspective. And when you shut the lights off for just a second, even though you still have the disc, uh, it can become... Uh, yeah, your retina starts switching on you. Right, and it it you can become um, a little bit disoriented with the position of the model, even though you can still see most of the outline. Yeah, this is more of a try to keep it simple explanation yes. of what we're doing. We don't do the Dalcon or anything like that. So it's just the the LEDs. You want, you need to have a battery source two S three S. It, uh, the, and the reason for the 2S or the, or the 3S is 
is 7.4 volts or 11.1, and that's going to be brightness on the LEDs. Too bright, you can you can blow the the effect out, and and you've got more light than you have model. So you want to be able to see the lights, especially when you're up in the air. You need definition, and that's the purpose of the lights. Uh, you don't want to use all white. You want to use something that has some some red or some yellow, some green. Think it out. Draw it. I normally draw it on a – I take the outline of whatever the helicopter it is. I go get some pencils or markers from the kids or colors, and I start drawing stuff out and kind of like – think about what colors I want just so I have a whole scheme together. And then the, the canopy with, once you get that done, the, the canopy is really, it doesn't take long to do it. Once you have the idea, basic idea of what you're going to do with it for the tail boom, I actually made some uh, led strips. I put, put them on some pieces of balsa and I, I zip tied the balsa so that way I wouldn't have to do the wraps and I wouldn't have to do this each time. I would zip tie those onto the struts, boom struts. And it's great as long as you're looking at it in one, one <laughs> specific way. But when you go upside down or something, then you kind of, you can lose the visual effect of the lights. So the canopy, we're just figuring out a scheme and sticking the double-sided tape and soldering them up, correct? Yes. And then I actually prefer to hot glue all of the edges around the canopy where it sticks on just to have it adhere a little bit better. Good point. The next section we're going to have to address is the boom. Kenny's addressing his with doing the lights on a piece of balsa zip tied to the boom, correct? That was the boom strut. Just to the boom strut. Okay. Right. The best effect I've had for any night rig was to wrap the boom in LED light. You start at the front of the boom or you start at the back of the boom on the tail fin and you, you bring the, I always, I like to outline the tail fin so that way I know where the end of it is at, even though I can still see the tail rotor. So do you have an extra tail fin that you use or... Now, remember when I said dedicated night rig? <laughs> <laughs> that would mean you, Kenny only has one. That's right. And so I would, I would start at the tail fin, and I would put the, the LED lights on the tail fin. I would come up to the boom, and then I would wrap in a circle, a spiral circle, all the way back up to the, to the main fuse. And... Um, and then I would terminate there. I use zip ties to hold the LEDs in place uh, on the boom. And so what I did is, is I made a juncture of wires, just a, a single point connector that, that would branch out and be able to hook up. I probably had four on mine, but four JST connectors. So one would go to the boom, and then the others I would put on the landing skids. Again, I did the whole balsa thing where I put the LEDs on there, and then I put clear shrink wrap around the balsa, and I would heat it all down. And then I made the LEDs where the light was going 
out both sides. Most of the time that would work for me. I, and I still have all that stuff. So that's probably what I'm going to do again. You better hurry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you have the, you have the, the struts, uh, landing skids, you have tail boom, and then you have the, if, if you want to put something on the boom support, you can. I normally don't. Just Usually the wrap is enough. I want to touch on the skids real quick. If you're a 3D pilot and you're going to be doing inverted hurricanes backwards or pyro flips and so forth and so on, don't forget about the bottom of your helicopter. So... Let's think about the helicopter in an inverted hurricane nose first. The bottom of your skids only have lights on the top. So when you're in a hurricane, you lose the skids. You can't see them. So what I like to do is put some lights on the bottom of the skids. You can pick a different color if you want. Or you can do a line or something. Put something on the bottom of the helicopter on the skids themselves because you, when you get into that orientation, your skids will disappear on you and you will just have the boom and your blades and your tail blades. So don't forget that portion. I had a couple of times flying and doing stuff and I started noticing that I needed to have that orientation key. Yeah, it's a good idea. Usually I didn't do anything else on the bottom of my model. I left the, just on the skids, I just used those, uh, LEDs that I made and that's how I flew it but Richard is right because there is times certain orientations that the model will kind of disappear if you're not paying attention to it that's that's normal night flying though you're going to have situational awareness that you're going to have to get used to I would say just to touch on it real quick after you get all of this done and built and set up, I know that you may want to do this at dusk a little bit just to get used to it and test everything out. Do one flight. If you're at a fun fly and you're like, I'm going to night fly, I have my blades, I have my, all my wrap done, everything's good. When it starts to get a little like the sun's about to set, put everything in, get everything plugged up and just do a test flight on it. You don't have to, you're not going to be able to see it the way you want, but get a good test flight on it. Agreed. So now we're on to the blades. You can buy blades. That's the easy part. Nothing. I get nothing for that. I was fixing to say, or, <laughs> Or you can build blades. Um, Kenny wanted me to go over this since I've done it in the past. This is not super difficult, guys. You can overthink it, and you can get into the in-depth on this. Or you can try to keep it simple. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to try to keep this as simple as I can. <laughs> so you need to pick a set of blades that you're going to pretty much never use, but three times a year. You don't want to use the best blades. You don't want to use the crappiest blades. You kind of want a blade in the middle. We're going to be adding weight to it with solder, 
resistors, lights, batteries, so forth and so on. So the blade's going to be a little slower when we're done working on it. And you guys can jump in here and stop me whenever you want. <laughs> I'm going to try not to push through this too quick. Take my time on it. So each blade, well, let me start back off. I'm going to put in the show notes, Heli Freak has a section for night flying. It goes over everything we're talking about here far as the body building night blades there's 18 to 20 pages please go look at it read through it these guys have done multiple sets of night blades they've got it down to an art it's not hard you just have to sit down and take a set of blades preferably do not use black carbon blades i had a set of blades I don't know what brand they were, but they were clear-coated carbon blades. And when I started soldering stuff and laying copper tape and stuff on it, stuff started shorting out. And it just it just didn't work. Try to try to use like a gel-coated blade, like a switch or so forth and so on. You don't want to I would not use like a helix blade because they're pretty much all carbon fiber with just clear as far as the difference between the two. Switch blades, rail blades, something like that that has a gel coat on it. So you're going to need a nice pair of tweezers, razor blade, and a good set of 2020 vision because these resistors and LEDs are very small. So you're going to need six LEDs per blade and six resistors per blade. So you're going to use three lights on top and three lights on bottom. You can add more lights. Um, I've had mixed results with doing more lights. I've done some with three on the tip and see if it makes an effect or not. But it, it kind of does, kind of doesn't. Your layout, as far as where you set the lights for each blade, you're going to want to kind of measure and have them in the exact same position for each blade. So it's not super critical, but if you spool up a helicopter and the blades are offset by four millimeters, you're going to get two sets of lights on the disc instead of one set of light. I mean, you can play with that how you want, but I try to keep everything, each blade exactly the same for balancing purposes. I try to use the same amount of solder for each blade for balancing purposes. So... The LEDs are that I use are 0805 LEDs. I'm gonna I have there's a couple places you can get these. Amazon sells stuff, um, Mouser sells stuff. Pretty much all in one place that I found is lighthouseleds.com. Pretty much has everything you need. The only thing you may need is to get the copper tape from Amazon. This copper tape from Amazon is one eighth of an inch copper tape. And this is what we're going to use to connect the circuit. Please help. And that copper tape is, <laughs> is, uh, it's got an adhesive on the back, right? Yes. This, stick. this, this has a peel and stick copper adhesive. This is what you're going to use to lay the circuit out. Again, please go to HeliFreak and kind of look at other people's blades on how they laid them out. So now you have a parallel circuit 
with the copper tape. And you've ordered LEDs. Now we're going to need to order resistors. Normally for the resistors, I order from 10 ohms up to 120 ohms. And I'll kind of space that out by 20 ohms for each. So I go 10, 30, so forth and so on. You can do the calculation for the voltage drop for each LED is going to be different. If you have a red LED, it may drop more voltage than a white LED. So you're going to need different resistance because you're powering it with a single cell LiPo, which is going to be 4.2 volts down to 3.7 volts. So there's a range there. Normally what I do, and this is, I think, probably the best method is take an old broken blade and solder up a circuit, mess with the copper tape, mess with the resistors, and see what powers the LED more. I normally start with the higher ohms, and then I work my way down until I see the LED start to blow itself you'll be able to figure this out as you mess with it. How hard are those to solder? This is, they're very small. If you have good vision, it's still kind of difficult because these little resistors and LEDs want to stick to stuff. I usually use like a razor blade and tweezers and you're going to need a fine tip soldering iron. So. So you don't use the same one that you're soldering with for batteries? Uh, I normally do, but I probably normally put it on the Dremel and I'll mess the tip up completely to get it to a really fine tip. But you're going to need a different tip. They probably sell some super fine tips that probably would work a lot better for this situation. Kind of like that TS-100? Yeah, that's on the list. So... You're going to build your circuit. The battery that I use is an MCPX 250, 200 to 250 milliamp battery. And the reason I use the MCPX battery because it already has a connector on it. So that connector, you can get the tiny whoops use that connector. So you can get the female and male side of that connector for your charge adapters. And how many flights will you get out of one uh, charge? So normally on a 200 milliamp MCPX battery, I can get four to five flights. That's not bad. No, it's definitely worth it. I think the hardest part of this whole building night blades is figuring out what, what ohm resistor you're going to use for each light. What I normally do is I write on the package after I get it figured out which one I'm going to use that's bright enough where it's not going to blow the LED, but not dim enough where it's not powering it to the point I want. I'll write on the package what resistor for each package of LEDs. So that way I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it. I haven't done it in so long that I'll just use whatever. I mean, you're going to build blades and you're going to, do it once every year, once every two years. So right on the package of the LEDs, what resistor to use with that light after you get it figured out. Now, once you kind of have a recipe for this, it's not something that you're having to re-experiment with unless you're changing over to a different LED or something. 
Correct. The brand may have a little bit to do with it, but currently, yeah, you have it. I have it written on the package. When I start doing it, I just follow what I wrote on the package from the test that I did before. So realistically, how long does it take you to make a set of, you made 520s for me, and actually I think you made a set of 720s as well, 715s or 720s. So as long as they're not small blades, I have, the smaller blades are harder. I have a set of 325s here, and they're harder. I would say the 550 to 700 sizes are easier. And if I have everything set up in front of me, as far as what I'm going to use on what colors, you're looking at 25 minutes to be done. Make a set. To make a set, and then I have to balance them. Which, if you use the exact thing on every blade, they normally come out balanced perfect. You don't have to mess with it. But now you're laying out on a blade, you're laying out the copper tape. Uh, have you already got a predefined line that you're going to put that on? So I'm going to try to draw this as I speak of it. Actually, hold on one second. Let me get a blade out. It'd be much easier. So I normally lay the copper tape and I, some people go around the leading edge of the blade and some people go around the, trailing edge of the blade. So if you're looking at the top of the blade, I have a positive terminal running all the way to the tip of the blade. And then I have a negative terminal running just past the battery and down over to the bottom of the blade and running all the way to the tip of the blade. So that makes our positive terminal and our negative terminal. And now we're going to have three lights. I normally try to keep one about, I would say 30% from the bolt hole. And then I have two at the tip separated by about three inches, three to four, depending on preference. So each light's going to need a copper tape from the positive side to the negative side. And you're going to have a light on the top and a light on the bottom. So about 30% out, I have two pieces of copper tape going from the top of the blade to the bottom of the blade, connecting the positive and negative, and the same for the tip. But that's a direct short. So we're gonna have to cut out pieces of the copper on the top for the LED and for the resistor. On the bottom of the blade, you're going to have to do the same thing for the other piece of copper tape for the LED and the resistor. So you're going to do that in the middle and the two on the tip. And now you're going to have at the root of the blade, you're going to have your battery. I normally take an MCPX battery and I glue it to the blade and then I take clear heat shrink and heat shrink the battery to the blade. So I have two portions of attachment for that battery. Off of the positive and negative, I have a, it's a JST type connector and it's the male side 
and I can plug that directly into the battery. That connects the circuit, which should light the LEDs up. I know that's long-winded. Uh, it's good information. Remember again, this is a 250 milliamp single cell battery. When you charge this, if you charge it at one amp, you're almost charging at 4C. So your charger's gonna, I normally charge these at like 0.3 or 0.4 amps. So your charger, you're gonna need to be able to charge less than one amp. Most chargers have the ability to go that low, so you shouldn't have a problem. The other thing with the LED, it's directional. And when you get the LEDs in, they're very small. Let me mic it real quick, just so you guys can understand how small they are. So the actual lit portion of the LED is two millimeters. Off of that two millimeters, you probably have 0.2 millimeters of actual solder area. Each LED has, if you look at it, you can see a difference between one side and the other side. It has to go in in a specific orientation. The best thing I would say is when you're doing your test bed stuff and testing, learn which way it needs to go. Because if it's the wrong way, it won't light up. What did I miss? <laughs> Okay, so let me ask you this. Now, you've added, you're, you're adding copper tape, you're adding these LEDs, you're adding solder, and you're adding a glue, a battery, and shrink wrap. Now, the glue, the battery, and shrink wrap is all at the root of the blade, so it's probably not as, doesn't have as much effect. Correct. But how do you, what, what do you normally see whenever you start adding this? these items to the blade itself. So your the flight characteristics change. You're going to have a slower flip rate and roll rate. Uh, the blade may fly a little different. That's why I normally have people pick a blade that's not their favorite because it's going to change a little bit. So the copper tape, every time you lay copper tape from one joint to another joint, you're gonna to have to solder to connect the copper tape. The copper tape will not adhere, just laying it across each other. So each, each connection, when you cut the copper tape with a razor blade and lay your joint, you'll have to solder that joint to make it connect. And you're, you're soldering right on the blade itself. Correct, which is why you don't want a carbon blade, which I'm currently looking at that's dead. You do not want a carbon blade. Yes, you want a Joe-coated Joe blade. Okay. It, you want a carbon blade, but you don't want a like a helix or right. that type of blade. You want a Joe-coated blade because the carbon will conduct. Okay. Don't ask me how I know. How do you know that, Richard? Yeah, because I'm looking at a blade that I spent hours on building and had all kinds of issues. I thought you said it only took 25 minutes. The first time it's going to take you an hour, two hours. <laughs> it takes me about 20 to 30 minutes now, but I haven't done it in about a year and a half. So it may take me a little bit longer. So now that we have the circuit built, we have our connector, we have the battery on here, they have the battery glued. We have our, each time you solder an LED, 
and a resistor in, you can plug in the battery to check it after you've cut the opening on each leg. So I normally cut all the openings. Uh, I normally leave about 1.5 millimeters between the copper for a resistor and 1.5 millimeters for a light. I cut each leg so it's an open circuit. So every time I solder in LED or solder in a resistor, I can plug in the battery and check and test it to make sure I plugged it, that I got the solder correctly. After you have all of the lights soldered in and working, I cover each light and each resistor and each joint with CA and I let it dry. I normally try not to use the accelerator because the CA is going to have a better adhesion if it dries on its own. Okay, so let me ask you this. You've got the LED, and I'm not looking at one right now, so you have to forgive me on this. You've got the LED, and it's just this tiny little thing, and it's got the, a, a negative and a positive side that you have to solder to. So the LED is going to lay on top of the blade. And then you have, and your tape is fixed to the blade as well. How are you getting solder from the negative side or positive down to the tape? So it, I kind of get what you're looking at. This is, like I said, we went over this doing this in audio. I actually needed to make a video at some point, but so on the, I'm looking at the top of a blade currently. So I have the battery on the top of the blade. I have a positive that runs all the way to the tip of the blade. I have a negative that runs out past the battery and goes to the bottom of the blade. At the middle and two at the tip, I have two pieces of copper that run from the positive, and I'm going to flip the blade over that run to the negative. On the top of the blade, I have on my outer portions of the runs from the top to the negative, I have a resistor and a LED. And if I flip the blade over, the inner copper tape has a resistor and a LED. It doesn't matter what orientation you put if you put the resistor first, it's fine. If you put the LED, fine. It's, they're in series. There's no problem with it. It's just so hard to explain audibly without visualizing. Seeing That's why I encourage you guys to go to HeliFreak, look at some pictures. These guys have pictures of how they routed their copper tape. I wouldn't say anything is bad or anything is good. I've seen people that – I've seen different – styles and different types of LED wiring on blades and soldering on blades. And some of them are better than what I currently do. I actually have tried doing three lights together instead of just doing one, but it complicates the soldering a little bit. Other than that, a good set of tweezers, um, good eyesight, a magnifying glass, these things are small guys, but it's not hard. I wouldn't say it's impossible if you guys to do a test, I would say you're looking at maybe $50 in parts. 
with the copper tape, ordering some LEDs, ordering some batteries, ordering some wire. You can do some testing. If you have some crash blades or something like that, just go ahead and order some stuff and test it out. Uh, no, I've done some smaller blades where I test them and actually cut the blade off and sealed the end of it and soldered the battery. And I actually like take a drill bit and put it in the bolt hole and spin it up with the drill just to see what it looks like. I actually did buy some of that stuff to do some night blades once. Yeah, it's all sitting here in a box. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Just looked at it today. They're small, right, Kenny? I mean, it's they are small. This isn't this isn't super super easy. But I think if I I find it enjoyable to be able to build blades for other people. Is what I find it enjoyable. All right. Now that you said that, get ready to ha start having your Facebook page yeah. bombarded with requests. Uh, the shipping is what gets you. Normally people, you know, I normally charge 40 to $50 to build a set of blades, but people don't realize that they're going to have to pay, you know, $15 to ship the blades to me. They're going to have to pay the $15 to ship the blades back. By the time you're done, you could have bought a set of night blades. Right. That's the difference. But if you want something custom and different, I mean, you can put as many LEDs as you want on there. The more you put, the quicker the battery dies out. But you can put 20 LEDs on top and two on the bottom if you want it or so forth and so on. doesn't matter. Did you win? <laughs> but yeah this is very very hard to explain in a podcast we'll put some links out there Telerotor actually did a podcast on this on episode 7 also so if you guys want to look at their show notes they have some links out there also um, I would say touch out reach out to somebody on HeliFreak that has done this before maybe somebody in your area can help you out if you see it, it's not that hard. It's, it's really not that hard, guys. I can sit down and show somebody within 20, 30 minutes, and they'll be able to build night blades for the rest of their life. It's, it's, it's not that difficult. I find it super, super simple. So there is a set of night blades for 516, by the way. They're 515 millimeters. Who makes those? Night Magic. Oh, those are expensive. Those are expensive. Yeah. I forgot about those whenever we were first talking about this. But they are... Yeah, these things are really expensive. And I don't know who in the U.S. actually carries these. Brent, Brent, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still awake. <laughs> Not really in the night flying, so I was just listening. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, it is a lot. It's a lot to explain also. Uh, Sloan has some blades that he got from Cajun Heli. Uh, they're CF night blades. I forgot who the manufacturer is. I'll drop this in the show notes also. 
Uh, they're $135 for the, they show 60 centimeters. So the nomenclature is a little hard. Uh, I believe that 60 centimeters is the 600s or 550s. Uh, Sloan has the 69 centimeters, which are the 690s. And they have a bunch of lights. The top and bottom probably has, what is this? One, two, three. Probably 12 lights on top and 12 lights on bottom. They're cool. I've, I've seen them flying. They're super bright. Well, he better bring his on Saturday. <laughs> Are you guys going to take videos so I can at least see something? <laughs> yeah, it depends on who's flying. If you know I'm they, flying, no video allowed. Yeah. You know what they said, if there's no video, it never <laughs> happened. That's right. So, Kenny, there's a difference between some of these blades that have built-in batteries and some of them have, like, an external battery. Do you know the reason why they do that? Well, back when I first started flying night, uh, at night, the uh, the blades that I got were, oh, what were those called? MS. MS Composite? Yes. So those blades, the uh, the battery was built into the actual mold of the of the blade itself. It was embedded in the carbon, and it's not replaceable. And I used those blades for two years probably, and the the battery eventually died. It's a lithium polymer battery, if I remember right, but the battery died, and once it dies, there's nothing else you can do with it. It's done sucks it does it sucks now the blades that i run now and had and have been running for several years now they have an external battery that just goes on either the top side or the bottom side of the root and of the blade and that and that is rechargeable with a little an AC wall, wallet charger. You just plug it into the wall and then you plug it into the battery. Nice. And then you can go one step further. Those batteries will die as well. But I know people, a buddy of mine, he's taken the batteries apart and replaced the blade, the, the batteries, huh. and put it back together. Um, nice. That way, you know, the... The blades typically there's nothing that happens to the blades over time. Yeah, this gluing an MCPX battery to the actual top of the root of the blade, you could have a battery go bad also. And I have peeled, I've cut the heat shrink and actually peeled the MCPX battery off before and replaced the battery. It's a little bit difficult, but and I hate peeling a battery off of a blade with a razor blade, but Definitely don't want to catch fire or anything like that, but I have done it before. Replace the DIY night blades. And I would I would make a suggestion if you're going to run something like the the blades that that Cajun Aircraft has, and those blades look awesome, by the way, because uh, they've just got a a very long row of LEDs, and <laughs> I'm sure those things are going to be bright in the air. Uh, if you have those type of blades, great. I'm sure they work fine, but don't leave those in a 
area your that's, car. <laughs> yeah, in your car. Don't leave them out in your shop. Just make sure that they're in a controlled climate. You probably put them in the refrigerator, right? That'd probably be the best thing for them. Probably, but you know, seven hundred and ten millimeter night blades might be kind of hard to stick in the fridge. Yeah, the wife will be fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's the ones that I have. I have. I've replaced. I haven't replaced the battery. Somebody else replaced the batteries for me. Um, but I've also bought new batteries, and and I still have the same blades. Even when I got my Rayo 606s, uh, the blades, the batteries that I had for my 700 night blades are the same for the 606s. So I'm just going to move them on down. Nice. All right. Cool. Thanks for the recap. Definitely the way to go. Anyway, that's the night blade stuff. I'll try to. There is a couple of YouTube videos out there on making night blades as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to. Yeah, you might look at notes. those. That might be close enough to what you're doing that uh, it may work. There's there's different ways of doing it. There's no like you did it wrong or you did it right type of deal. Obviously, if you plug the battery into itself, positive and negative, you're going to smoke the battery. But it's definitely a experiment, in my opinion. It is. But what I've done, what you did for me, obviously was successful. And I still have those blades. Yeah, I don't have mine. I gave them away to a fellow team pilot. Yep, I still have them. The ones that you made for the 520. Yeah, they last a long time. I mean, they don't crash very well. but mm. So that's the only other issue is building a night machine if you crash your night blades it hurts <laughs> i will say this night flying has always been it's a lot of fun if some people get worried about night flying because you know obviously it's dark outside and but if you set the model upright and you take some of those fears away because now you have an outline of a model that you're flying to some degree it's even it it can be easier you know depending on what you're doing because when it's when it's daylight outside it's you know a lot of times when we fly it's overcast at nighttime it doesn't make any difference blades come on your canopies lit up your booms lit up you got your tail blades out there and you're doing your thing and they the the model sh shows up well at night if it's set up correctly and it can be a lot of fun yes so one more topic we we're going to hit on not topic but um so one more thing on the body lights if they're too bright if you're running a 3s to get certain colors bright enough you can take we normally take a sharpie and you can dot the led a little bit and that'll dim the lights on the body if you need to dim. Because normally the whites, for me, the whites are too bright. And I don't like the body lights to be super bright for me. So I'll, I'll take a black Sharpie and dot every LED that I want to dim until I get them where they want. 
I forgot you were doing that. It's a good point. Yeah, because you can't control unless you have different voltages and out, unless you have like a regulator or something like that where you can output different voltages for different colors. Certain colors are going to be brighter and certain colors are going to be dimmer. So you're going to want to dim certain colors or so forth and so on. You have to play, play around with it. Moving on. Doug, the night flying topic to death. So what's new last week when Brent was talking about, I was looking at the, uh, Gowie FC stuff since Brent was flying one, I would start looking at the Gowie site and stuff, so forth and so on. They actually have an upgrade for the FZ 700 from the old saddle pack version to the FZ in case one of you guys are flying the older version. Yeah, it's a good upgrade. I, I know a lot of the guys up in but no. uh, Phoenix area that flew those, they all um, upgraded them. So I don't think it's too much of an upgrade, but it's a good thing to have if you want to do like uh, stick packs. Yeah, it actually doesn't look like, like a ton of parts. It's uh, The cost of it is $149. They are in stock at anything heli. Next is up on the buy and sells. We have Brent's got a strike seven coming. Yep. Yep. Next couple days. So like I said, keep an eye out on the Facebook page for that. Um, I'm trying to sell a 4025 1100 motor. I may just keep it. It hasn't sold. It's been in over a week or about a week. So. I definitely wouldn't, I wouldn't drop the price below what you're asking for it. I believe you're at like $80, $90 at this point. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go any lower than that. I would, I would keep it in case you get another 550 in the future. Then you know exactly. you have a good working model. Exactly. So like I said, I need to finish off the strike seven. I'll need a 700 size motor and some main blades, but I'll be looking for those. Like to get a 4525-520 Scorpion for it. So we'll see if I can find one come up. Yep, something around that range. Yep. Bubble so. work. There's a bunch oh, yeah. of them out there. Yeah, I've been looking. It's just it's always funny when you want to buy something, you're just like hawking like all the sites. Just every every two hours you're just like yeah. Yeah, and you cannot find it, but when you're not, when you don't have any money or you don't want to buy anything, everything's coming up. Yeah. Why are all these up for sale now? So. Okay. Uh, uh, All my buy and sell is just buying a bunch of Agile 7.2 parts, waiting for them to show up so I can start working on this rebuild project that I have. Kenny, you buying anything or selling anything? I'm always buying something. Mm. Now selling, uh, I'm not very good at selling most of the time. <laughs> Kenny's a hoarder. I am. Kenny's I've got a, a lot of stuff. Richard, you should just go over to his house and get me a motor and some blades. <laughs> get you a motor and some blades. <laughs> yeah, Richard and I both figured out that blades are not for sale. Yeah. 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 You don't sell blades. blades. I learned that too. Blades are no longer for for trade, for usage. Like if you want blades, I yep. have you pay money. 
and it's going to be full price, like retail price for the blades. There's no loan. No longer am I selling blades or giving blades away or loaning blades out. That has that ship has sailed. <laughs> I am a blade hoarder now. I will, I will keep them. They're they're just that's the most expensive yep. thing in a crash. And if you crash a heli and you have to buy blades, you're not going to get them on sale. You're not going to wait till Black Friday to buy blades. You're yep, going to have to pay true. the price. So. Somebody else wants them, I'll sell you the blades, but you're going to pay retail and I'm going to order a set and give you this set. And that's yes. just, just the way it's going to happen from here Assuming on that they're available. Yes. If they're not available, <laughs> you're not getting them. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's, it's a hard fact, but. Yeah. I have probably got, I don't know, 30 or 40 sets of blades. What? I've got a lot I'm of blades. trying to build a house. Let the wolf can't blow down. He'll have them for weapons when the aliens attack or something. <laughs> uh, well, knowing my luck this year, I have had my fair share of crashes, so I started peeling through some of them. Mm, yep. Peeling through them. <laughs> if you have any questions or concerns, please send me a message. Um, I can do a FaceTime live to explain it to you. If somebody wants to actually do this and jump into this world of night flying or building night blades, I can help you. If we do a video chat on Facebook or something, it's probably going to help you a lot more than what I just did with the explaining it. But hopefully I can spark a fire on you guys and you guys can get out and start night flying at events. I really enjoy night flying especially even with light towers. If you guys have light towers flying at a night event with lit up blades and tail blades in the light towers is actually really helpful. So yep. awesome. Shoot me a message. So the fun fly went down. This yeah. Weekend. You guys see any of those videos? I watched, uh, Leroy Hall posted some Facebook live videos. Huh? I watched. Yeah, the Cincy Smackdown looked like a yeah, looked yeah, like a fine it time. Looked really good. So they had a guy out there that was playing guitar, and he had bagpipes and music and so forth and so on. It was actually hmm, yeah. pretty cool to watch the videos. It didn't look like they had a super large crowd from what I was seeing, but they definitely had. They had an cool. event. Yeah. Awesome. I did say see something on Facebook where I don't remember what the event was, but they were going to send back um, some of the raffle prizes because of you know everything that's been going on. It's just not it didn't feel right giving away things. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, just making about the flying again, not about what can you win and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, Kenny and I were trying to get raffle prizes for Apache Pass stuff. And a lot of them, it was right when all this stuff went down. So a lot of stuff, people weren't sending raffle prizes or so forth and so on. If we did get stuff, it, it will be for the event when we do have it. So, It'll, Yeah, we'll have another event. If we don't have a heli event before then, which I don't see that happening, we have another event planned in... 
September, October timeframe. Is that right? Yes, that's the Ice House. That's flight. the Ice House event. Cool. Which will be awesome. And I did get raffle prizes in. I got a, uh, was it AccuRC or Next? Uh, Next RC. So Next sponsored us. So I have a, um, a activation code for Next. I've got product in here from Fataba, and I've got product in here nice. from A-Main. And Shannon Turner sent you some stuff too from Only Fine Helis, right? Shannon's got some stuff for me, but he never sent it out. That's, oh, okay. I called him. When, when everything got canceled, I let Shannon know that it got canceled. And so it's, it's there. All I got to do is ask for it. Uh, but yeah. That's cool. And what was interesting is A-Main, when I told them that, they, in fact, they emailed me and asked me if, if the event was going to go on or did it get canceled. And I wrote them back and I told them the event got canceled. Don't worry about sending the product out for this event. Thank you very much for the support, so on and so forth. Anyway, they sent nice. it out anyway. Nice. So it's still in the same box that it arrived in. Yeah, eventually we have some show topics that we're going to get to that talk about raffle prizes and so forth and so on. That'll be for another day. It's kind of a hot topic <laughs> on my uh, on my agenda. It's dark red in the show topics, but that's for another day. So, anybody have anything else? I'm about wore out. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Stuff. Nothing here. No. It's just it's just hard to talk about something that you can like. Yeah. Yeah. So since I mentioned it, uh, we mentioned the Ice House. Uh, they did. We did change the event this year uh, to November the fifth through the eighth. Okay. So just food for thought. Mark that in your calendars. November fifth through the eighth. Ice now, House about. It's probably the same yeah. weekend as the rodeo. I bet. Not sure yet, but that's around where and when the heli rodeo is. I'll have to flip a coin, make a decision. <laughs> uh huh. Anybody have anything else? I'm about out of topics and out of breath. Nope, not here. Nope, good here. That'll be it. Brent can take us out. All right. Don't forget to visit the Houdini heli podcast facebook page also listen to our other friends in the podcast realm we have the heli heads skids yard sale gucci and fence post freefall rc with kevin steve andy and george skids up with paul frank and javier bk podcast with bert and kyle telerotor with rich michael robert and mike and inverted down under with Ozzy Mozzie and Jeff Smart and RC Element with Todd. And last but not least, Bill and YouTube. So check him out on YouTube. Nice. If you need to get a hold of me, you can send me a message on HeliFreak as R Spiegel. You can shoot me a message on Facebook at Richard Spiegel or shoot me a message on the Houdini RC Heli Podcast Facebook page. Either of those will work. Kenny, can they contact you? Absolutely. Uh, you can reach me on 
Helifreak or Run Rider at Kenny S. Uh, you can also reach me on Facebook at Kenny Sierra. And you can reach me at Brent Gottlieber on, on Facebook. And then also on Helifreak as Teacher Brent. Nice. Any hate mail goes to Kenny <laughs> and Brent. Don't send it my way. Appreciate you guys listening to chapter seven. I know it was long winded on the night stuff, but hopefully you guys got some content out of it. All right, guys, there's no new email on Houdini RC Heli at gmail.com. So if you guys want to shoot me something, send me a message. That's all I got. I'm out. Awesome. Stay in the box guys. Be safe. Have a great week guys. Have a good See week. Badass. <laughs> the end. Check one, mic check. For the radio voice or with the radio voice? With the radio voice for the podcast. For the podcast? I don't know. Yeah. Write me a script and I'll do it. There's no scripting. <laughs> yeah, we do everything off the cuff. <laughs> hey, let me tell you right now. Hold on. Hey, let me tell you right now. Hold on. Hey, let me tell you right now. Hold on. That's probably better. For... What'd hello, you just hello. do? I changed it to all around. Omnidirectional. Omnidirectional. Yeah. That sounds like an antenna. Well, no, it's omnidirectional mic. It's supposed to a uh, directional. I know, but there's an omnidirectional antenna, too. Well, of course. Of course. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. He's just hearing everything through the mic. Yeah, no. <laughs> I am. I'm hearing everything. <laughs> Does it sound decent as far as like a round table? I, it sounds fantastic. Let me see. Yeah. It's very professional. Professional. Ninety-eight point five, the beat. So is this thing still recording? Yeah, it's all still recording. So Sloan, what are we doing today? I'm gonna be doing a little night flying. Night flying, and who's here? Uh, so we got Kenny Sierra, Richard Spiegel, Mike Westbrook, and the scientist. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> it's gonna be a great night. We're just waiting for the sun. The sun to go down. I wish there was an off switch. We can turn this off. This is uh, it is it hot. Is, it is right now. It's at the point where it's annoying. You know, like even flying a model right now is is, is it's not, tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's the not sun's fun. right in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. So what else did we do today? Mm, excuse me. You did some your, flying. Did some flying this afternoon. Cooked your world famous. Cooked hamburgers, chicken, hot dogs. Yeah, we didn't get any of the, of the cool flames out of the uh, the meat that we did uh, last time, mm. but very tasty. The chicken was off the chain, as per usual. By the way, you're an excellent cook. By the way, you're an excellent cook. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Or thank what you is the much. proper term for a grill guy, a griller? I'm a griller. A, you're a griller. A griller. <laughs> what would you call that? A grill master. There you go. Grill master. Yeah, I've gotten pretty good at it. Yeah, I've gotten pretty good at it. I need to um, get some technique from you. I'm sorry?
Uh, it popped when I landed, and I did the old uh, pull it off, pull off the canopy, and eject the uh, battery tray real quick. <laughs> oh, so we we did something else today, did we? How old was that battery? Wow, I'd say four years old, three, four years old, something like that. Yeah, it's it's that those battery packs have. Um, yeah, they they have lived a long life. Let's just say that <laughs> they've yeah, been to it, hell and back. And if anybody knows Sloan, we all know that Sloan is not does not play nice with batteries. No. Are you done playing on the mic? I'm not playing on the mic. Would you like me to play on the mic? Cut up, cut up, cut up. Yeah, me neither. It's too close to my mouth. Close to my mouth. Close to my mouth. <laughs> If oh, I ever die, you guys need to definitely get my laptop and go through the raw files. Is it going to be one of those I like, say, I say, tattooed on you? I say uh, like all the stuff. Clear my browser history. Clear my browser history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my password is. <laughs> okay, so do y'all want to listen to some of the, the Richard Drunk? Yes, yes, please. Absolutely. <laughs> you got speakers? The end, the end, the end, the end, the end, the end.